You're listening to the Breath of Life Ministries podcast, hosted by Pastor Butch. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to the Breath of Life podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Butch Deer. You know, recently my wife and my wife Debbie and I, we just returned from Israel. We rented an apartment in Jerusalem. We rode the buses. We rode the trains. We bought food at the Shuk, which is the big uh, market in the center of Jerusalem. Uh, we lived like Israelis, and we we had a wonderful, wonderful time. And I just want to thank God for that. We are planning to take a group to Israel. Uh, in March, sometime in March of 2023, and you'll be hearing more about that in the coming days. I'm really excited. Uh, starting this week, uh, at the end of this week, when our next podcast comes out, I'm going to have a dear friend of mine, uh, Pastor Rick Struckle, who uh, who will be joining me on the podcast. And coming back from Israel, I believe that God dropped these words into my heart. He said, develop your Israel theology. And so Pastor Rick is a guy who's full of wisdom, been in ministry over 30 years. He introduced me to the Jewishness of Jesus uh, over 20 years ago, and I've been running hard after Jesus ever since. Um, But he's going to join me. We're basically going to do a series of podcasts called Hebrew Essentials. A Beginner's Guide to the Jewishness of Jesus. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. So while we were in Israel, it was Purim. If you're familiar with Purim, Purim uh, takes place in the book of Esther. It's uh, about a young queen who had to overcome her fear in order to save the Jewish people from an evil man named Haman. And, you know, fear is one of the strongest forces in our lives. It can manifest itself in many forms, such as the fear of failure. Many people don't try because they're afraid afraid of failure. There is the fear of loss, the fear of change. Nobody likes change, but some people actually are very fearful of change. There's the fear of taking a risk, uh, the fear of success even. If we allow allow it, fear can control our lives. Fear can keep us from reaching our full potential. Fear can stifle creativity, curb motivation, and hinder our goals in life. In other words, fear can grip you to the point where it causes you to sit on the sideline and watch everybody else play the game. With the war in Ukraine... The Russians and China seemingly willing to take the world into a world war and even a nuclear war. With inflation at at an all-time high and people wondering if they will be able to buy gas, groceries, or medicine, many may be in fear of what the future may bring. Everyone fears something. No one is immune to fear. We have all been filled with, with fear at least once in our life. Fear is a common human emotion that is deeply wired into our subconscious and conscious mind. I remember one time when my youngest son, Corey, oh, he was between two and three years old. 
and we had a, a quarter horse named Spiffy Dan, and I was exercising him. Uh, yeah, I had him on a lead rope, and he was he was jogging in circles, and Corey wanted to ride him, and so I put Corey up on his neck and and told him to hold on, and and Spiffy Dan began to trot a little bit. Corey didn't bother him at all, but as he trotted, Corey wasn't big enough to stay on the horse and he began to slowly slip around and he had a he had a death grip on spiffy dan's neck and and his mane and and spiffy stopped and Corey is hanging underneath his chin and i'm running to get to him and i i was so afraid that something bad was going to happen to Corey. you know i i, I my legs were like they were running in concrete it's like I was running and running and I wasn't getting anywhere. It just looked like slow motion because fear had gripped me. The Corey eventually slipped down onto the ground and he was there sitting on his on his bottom between that big horse's legs. And I'm still trying to get to him. And praise God, old Spiffy Dan just stood there and looked down at Corey until I got to him, picked him up. And I was never so glad to to hug that child in my life. So Fear is something that that we all deal with at times. An uncontrolled fear can uh, stunt your spiritual maturity. Instead of moving forward and trusting God, you stay in your safe zone. And what was really interesting about our time in Israel, um, our airline, I won't mention the name because I do like them, but they felt the need to change one of our flights and and instead of flying from Columbus Ohio straight to Newark New Jersey where we could have got a, on the flight to to Israel uh, they felt the need to put us on a flight to Chicago so that added seven hours to an already long trip and it really uh, took its toll on us we landed in in Tel Aviv at the Ben Gurion Airport, our good friend Brian Kavosnika picked us up. We went straight to Brian's house and uh, celebrated Shabbat and had a Shabbat meal with he, his lovely wife Shoshi, their friends Gary and Sharon Alley, and and uh, the ten kids from the Alley and the Kavosnika home. And we had a wonderful time. Brian took us to our apartment. Um, we. We got up early the next day and we went to the Narkey Street Church, a very historical church. I won't take the time now. You'll hear me talk about that later on uh, in some of our other podcasts. Uh, we we went to the alleys for lunch. We came home. We had uh, there was some place we had to go on Sunday, and it's Monday. Uh, it's Sunday night, and all of a sudden, I'm under a spiritual attack. I know I'm tired, but fear is trying to grip me. Now, I've been to Israel several times. I've been on two tours. I've taken two groups, and I was there once in a Hebrew language class for six weeks. So it wasn't like I was afraid to be in Israel. But for some reason, fear was trying to grip me, and it was even trying to cause me some uh, physical ailments. And once I realized what it was, 
I was able to praise the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and praise my way out of that, that dark place that the enemy was trying to, to drag us to. And so, uh, like I said before, fear is a common emotion. And when we look at the story of Esther, and I'd like to turn over there, just read a couple verses from Esther chapter 4. And I know some of you don't read Esther very much. I don't read Esther a lot. Probably every year around Purim, we celebrate Purim at, uh, at our church, Church of the King in Ironton, Ohio. We got to go to uh, my friend Brian's church as they celeb celebrated Purim. You know, God told the children of Israel to keep this feast as a remembrance. The story of Purim, how God intervened and saved the Jewish people from evil, Haman. And let's pick it up in Esther chapter 4, verse 11. Her, her uncle Mordecai has instructed her, go speak to your husband, the king. Well, see, the law was if, if the king does not point his golden scepter at you, you cannot approach the king. But Mordecai wanted her to go into the king and tell the king of this evil plan that Haman had hatched to not only kill Mordecai, but to kill all the Jewish people. And we'll pick it up in verse 11. Queen Esther is speaking. She said, all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not called, who has not been called, he has but one law, put all to death except for the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, that he may live. Yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them, told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent, at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. So one of the interesting things I find about Queen Esther is she's going to do it, but she realizes she is going to need the help of Almighty God. Amen? And she gives instruction to her people and to her maidservants to fast and pray and intercede with God on her behalf. You know, the number, the number one way to overcome fear is to know that God is with you. It's to trust God. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Ooh, glory to God. 
God promises. He tells us, do not fear. I am with you. Number one, trust God. Number two, understand that God is with you. Amen. Now, for a lot of people, fear is something they deal with daily. And certainly with COVID-19 um, and the war going on in Ukraine and, you know, the threat of a nuclear war, gasoline prices, grocery prices, uh, medicine prices, all that going out the roof. The problems we're having in our colleges and our high schools, you know, it would eat it, it and, and crime on the on the rise. It would be easy to shut your doors and lock them and live in fear. And many people have lived in fear when it comes to COVID. But I think as God's people trusting God, knowing that God is with us, we need to live our lives, not hide and, and cower, but to live our lives. And live our lives trusting God. Now, in Hebrew, the Hebrew language is beautiful. But it's a little different from our English. Because in English, we normally have one meaning for a word. But in Hebrew, there can be multiple meanings of the same word. And the word that is usually translated into fear in English, is the word irah. <clears throat> and the phrase is found often in the Hebrew Bible, this phrase, the fear of the Lord. It makes it sound like we should cringe in dread of God. Fear is also not only in the Hebrew Bible, but it's also in the Jewish commentary of the New Testaments. Gentiles who believed in the Hebrew God were called God-fearers. And the early church was said to have been built on the fear of the Lord. So why is fear used so much in the Bible? Fear in the English, in the English language, actually focuses on being afraid. And to fear or to live in fear is the opposite of trust. And usually fear has a couple companions that travels with it. Fear usually travels with worry and dread and fright and terror. Usually doesn't, doesn't travel alone. But the Hebrew meaning of Yerah, it ranges from negative dread and terror to a positive worship, reverence, and from mild respect to strong awe. You know, the Bible tells us in Leviticus 19.3, we're told there that we are to, in the King James, it says, honor our father and mother. In the Hebrew Bible, it is the word irah. Sometimes it's translated honor, sometimes revere. But it's basically you should revere or honor your mother and father. That's a positive. Same word. Same Hebrew word that's translated as fear or to be afraid is, can also be, be translated as honor or reverence. In Leviticus 19.30, God says to honor the Sabbath and keep it holy and revere or honor my sanctuary. Uh, and there's the, that's the word Yerah. 
So in Hebrew, Yerah or fear is not about being afraid, but rather showing reverence or honor. When we see the phrase fear of God as Western Christians, we focus on fearing the punishment of God. But first John chapter four, and I'd like to turn there if I could. First John tells John chapter four, verse 17 and 18, I'll turn over there tells us that we are not to fear the judgment of God. And that's what John is talking about here. He says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, he says, Love has been perfected or matured among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, Talking about Jesus now. As he is, so are we in the world. Then he goes on to say, and I'll, I'll come back to that in just a second. He goes on to say, there is no fear in love, but, but mature love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made mature in love. So John is telling us, that as we mature in our relationship with God and our love grows for God, it pushes aside any fear. We're not fearful of the judgment of God. And he says in verse 17 again, he says, love has been matured among us in, in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world, as he is. Who, who is the he here? It's Jesus. And be, he says, because as he is, so are we in this world. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the, of the Father, clothed in his righteous robes. The Apostle Paul uses over and over in a biblical text that we are in him. We are in Messiah Jesus. What's that mean? <clears throat> that means that you spiritually are also seated in Messiah at the right hand of God, clothed in his righteousness. Amen. When God looks at you and I, he doesn't see our righteousness, which the Bible says was as filthy rags. But because we have repented, because we have accepted Jesus into our hearts, <clears throat> we are now clothed in his righteousness. So when God looks at us, he doesn't look at us in our righteousness he looks at us in the righteousness of his son, the spotless lamb of God who died for the sins of the world. Amen. So if we are found in Messiah Yeshua, we are washed in the blood of the lamb and we do not have to fear judgment. Now, let's look, let's look at something else. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs will give us a positive definition or thought where the word fear or Yerah is concerned. Proverbs 14. Proverbs 14. Verse 26. It says, In the fear of Yahweh, there is strong confidence. The fear of the Lord or Yahweh or I mean, I missed the part. Let me read that again. 
In the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. So he says, in the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Yerat Adonai, fear of the Lord, is better understood as awe and reverence for God that causes us to want to do his will, to be obedient. One of the best places that Debbie and I got to go on our trip to Israel this time, we got to go to the West Bank cities of Shiloh and Shechem, ancient Shechem, which is now modern-day Nabulus. But at the foot, uh, Shechem or Nabulus is at the foot of Mount Gerizim and at the foot of Mount Ebal. They're right across from each other. And it was on Mount Gerizim that the children of Israel shouted across the valley the blessings of Deuteronomy. And there were more, the, uh, parts of the children of Israel were on Mount Ebal. And they would shout the cursings. And I find it wonderful as we stood on Mount Gerizim and it's lush with green foliage. And they say there are many, many, many springs of water that never run dry that come from Mount Gerizim, the Mount of Blessing. And then on Mount Ebal, it is mostly rock, very little growth, and no water at all on the Mount of Cursing. Which brings me back to this phrase, the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to stand in awe of God, to reverence God. And this reverence causes us to want to do his will. So for us at our church, Church of the King, we say, for someone who fears God, they are living their lives according to his commands, his precepts, and his statutes. They're not afraid of God, but they reverence God to the point that they are obedient to God. Wow. Abraham Heschel, a Jewish scholar, he said this, and I'm going to read this out of Lois Turfberg's book, Reading the Bible with Rabbi Jesus. Rabbi Abraham Heschel points out that all in response to God is far superior to fear. While fear focuses on one's self, all focuses on God's glory. He writes, what is the nature of Yerah? That's the Hebrew word for fear. He says the word has two meanings, fear and awe. There is the man who fears the Lord, lest he be punished in his body, family, or in his possessions. Another man fears the Lord because he is afraid of punishment in the life to come. Both types are considered inferior in Jewish tradition. Fear is the anticipation and expectation of evil or pain, as contrasted with hope, which is the anticipation of good. All, on the other hand, is the sense of wonder and humility inspired by the sublime or felt in the presence of mystery. All, unlike fear, does not make us shrink from the awe inspiring object, but on the contrary, 
draws us near to it. This is why all is comparable to both love and joy. In a sense, all is the antithesis of fear. To fear to feel the Lord is my light and my salvation is to feel whom shall I fear? Psalm 27, 1. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear, though the earth do change and though the mountains be moved into the heart of the seas, we will not fear. Psalms 46, 2 and 3. Hebraically, the fear of the Lord is being aware of the awesome holy presence of God. Hallelujah. In most synagogues, they have the ark, not like the ark of the covenant, but the ark is the, is the uh, device that holds the Torah scroll. And above the Torah scroll, it says, know before whom you stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want to go back to, to Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26. It's, it's 26. It says, in the fear or in the Urah of the Lord, there is strong confidence. Strong confidence. When you stand in awe or you reverence God, that you have a strong confidence. I want, I want to take you back to another biblical story. The story of David and Goliath, real quick. Keeping in mind, when you <clears throat> stand in awe of God, there is strong confidence or strong trust. So <clears throat> the story is in 1 Samuel chapter 17. And what's going on here is David has been sent by his father, Jesse, to take some bread to his older brothers who are fighting the battle. And when David gets there, the Israeli army, they have pumped themselves up. They're excited and they run down the hill to fight the battle. And Goliath steps out and they all run back up the hill. And this is what David sees when he first gets there. And so his brother, his older brother makes fun of him. But then he finally gets to speak to talk to Saul, King Saul. Said, then David said, this is verse 32 of 1 Samuel 17. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth and he a man of war from his youth. Now understand David is that one. He is the one who has drawn near to God. He is the one who experienced the awesome power of God in his life. And he's about to tell Saul about it. Verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it, struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion 
and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And he, he had Saul so pumped up, man. And Saul said to David, go, go and the Lord be with you. Hallelujah. And then if we jump down here to verse 43. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Wow. Here's a young man. I'm not sure how old he was. Some people say he was 13 or 14. Some people say he was a little older. I, I'm not exactly sure. But I know this. David did not become afraid or let fear grip him in any way. Why? Because he had already experienced the awesomeness of God. And he told Saul and he told Goliath, God will deliver you this day meaning god is with me and i'm not coming to you goliath in my own power my own might but i'm coming to you in the power and the might of god almighty how many of you know god was with david david trusted god therefore there was no room for david to fear because he was trusting god now god is with us and we are to trust God. That's how we overcome our fears. Thank you for listening to today's episode on the Breath of Life Ministries podcast. If you would like more information about our ministry, head over to our website, thebreathoflifeministries.com. Or if you're interested in becoming a partner with our ministry, go to thebreathoflifeministries.com forward slash partner. Don't forget to share today's episode with someone who you think needs to hear it and follow us on social media. Thank you again and until next time.